Does Judaism believe in karma? So what is karma? So karma is a Hindu principle that comes from Hinduism that's become very popular in this country or in Western culture in recent years. The basic principle is that everything we do ends up having a direct impact on ourselves and our lives or our future lives in a future incarnation. This is often referred to as the principle of spiritual cause and effect. So we know that in physics there's cause and effect. Everything that happens, something has to cause it. Everything that you do is going to make an impact somewhere. So there's a spiritual cause and effect, good or an ethical cause and effect. Good things that you do will result in good things happening to you. Bad things that you do will result in bad things happening to you. So the question is, do we believe in that? Do we believe in karma? So karma itself is based on a number of different beliefs that come together to give us this, or to give Hindus this belief in karma. To break it down into components, firstly, you would believe that whatever happens to us is somehow determined or controlled by a higher power or by some form of spiritual force. Things aren't just, don't just happen by chance. Things don't just happen by nature, but there's some other power, call it fate, call it karma, call it, but there's some greater power that is either naturally or consciously controlling what happens to us. That would be one important detail you'd have to believe in to believe in karma. You'd further have to believe that this higher force that controls everything that happens to us, either naturally or consciously responds, is aware of our actions or responds to our actions and responds to everything that we do. So you do something, then that impacts this greater force, which in turn impacts us again. And then the main belief, of course, of karma is that we, everything that we do has a direct consequence And by extension, whatever happens to us, we deserved it in one way or another. So those are the various elements that would be um, included in what we could call the belief in karma. Um, The fact that you believe in a higher power or spiritual force. Um, The fact that this force is impacted by our actions and in turn impacts our actions, and that everything that happens to us, everything we do as consequence, everything that happens to us is a consequence of something. So these are pretty, although the karma has become the buzzword that's become very popular, these basic beliefs are very similar, have similar concepts are found in many, many different religions. Many, many different belief systems. Many of them believe in higher powers, just about all of them do, Um, a higher force that's aware of what we're doing, that rewards and punishes, and um, in direct consequence. So the question then is, what does Judaism have to say? So firstly, we'll deal, we'll try to break down these beliefs one by one and look at Judaism's view on each of these beliefs. So firstly, karma is premised on the belief in a higher power, whether God or fate, something that takes note, whether consciously or naturally, of what we're doing, and then that power in turn, um, or force, controls what happens to us. So we Jews believe in a concept of God's control over creation, called often in English, providence. The Hebrew term for it is hashgacha. So hashgacha, or providence, is a central belief in Jewish thought. Now, there's been some debates over Jewish scholar, among Jewish scholars over the years as to what extent does, is there hashgacha? What extent is there this providence? Is it just over human action and what happens to humans? Is it over the non-human world? Is it only over major events? Is it over all events? But the general consensus in Jewish thought is that hashkacha or providence covers 
every single minute part of creation. In the words of the master of Chassidus, Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, even if a leaf falls from the tree, that's part of providence. The wind blows, it's providence. Everything that happens is God's doing, and God is planning every single thing that happens. God's aware of everything that happens, and everything that happens, God is controlling everything. Now, it's not just that there is this thing out there that's watching us like a big brother that's looking at us and watching everything that happens and controlling and pressing all the buttons to control everything that happens. It's really more than that. We believe that, or let me start with what we don't believe. We don't believe that God created the world, created everything, created the laws of physics, the laws of nature, and then let go and said, press the autopilot button and said, you're on your own. We don't believe that happened. Rather, we believe when God created, when you make something, let's say a carpenter builds a um, builds a cabinet, then when they finish building the cabinet, they walk away from it. It's still there. Why? They didn't create the cabinet. They took wood that was already there, and they just reshaped it into something else. They didn't create it from scratch. They just reshaped an existing thing. What would be, though, if you could make something out of nothing? We creations don't have that power. We cannot make something out of nothing. But imagine we did have the power to make something out of nothing. What would happen when you walk away from it? It would revert back to nothing. Think, for example, when you look at a screen. When you look at a screen and there are all these, you're playing a video game and all these things moving on the screen... But we know, while we can get very involved and engrossed in that video game, we still know that all that is is just pixels. And those pixels are simply turning on by a current, an electrical current, that is flipping those pixels on and off. And that current is simply being driven by a processor in a computer that is sending signals to the screen to tell it which pixels to turn on and off. So you see all these things happening on your screen, but it's not really happening. There's nothing really there. You could see a film of yourself. You could even watch yourself. And you're not there in the screen. There's no people there in the screen. It's just pixels moving on the screen. What happens when suddenly you flip the switch... You turn off the power, or now when the battery dies, what happens? It's gone. There's nothing there because it was just pixels. There was nothing really there. So because you're creating it, when you let go of the electricity is creating it, the electricity goes, it disappears. A less tacky example would be our own imagination. Imagine that you are picturing you picture a stadium. We don't go to stadiums anymore. But when we used to. Imagine you picture a stadium, Dodger Stadium. And you picture 50,000 fans in your mind. And then you picture 50,000 fans in your mind. And then the... Um, then suddenly someone gets your attention. But he says, hey, you turn around. What happened to those 50,000 fans? They all disappeared. They're gone. Where did they go? They were just there in your mind. The moment you stop thinking about them, they disappear. So in the same way, if you want to think about it, we are, so to speak, figments of God's imagination. God is willing us into being at every moment. The moment God stops creating us, we're not going to be there anymore. So like figments of our imagination, 
We only imagine whatever we want to imagine. If we choose not to imagine something, we don't imagine it. We'll only have things appearing in our imagination as we choose. We have total control over it. In the same way, we creation as figments of God's imagination. We're not really figments of imagination. I'm just using a metaphor. We really believe we exist. But God is bringing us into being at every moment. Since God is creating everything at every single moment, God creates every single detail exactly as it is, exactly the way it is. Think of those old films prior to the digital realities that we know. Remember, we used to have the VHS, and remember those. So those are made up of lots and lots of, um, it's, a, it's a reel of lots and lots of shots. And it moves very, very quickly, so it looks like things are moving and happening. But it's just every single shot is created at that spot in that way. God is creating every single thing exactly as we are at every moment. So because of that, we believe that God is not only aware of everything happening, but God is causing everything to happen as it happens. So we believe God is aware of everything and has total control of everything that happens. Everything that happens in this world, God has total control of. Now that raises a couple challenges that I'm not going to deal with right now. Two very notable challenges. One challenge is it means that all the bad things that happen are all God's fault. And that's true. All bad things that happen are God's fault. Which raises the question, well then why does God do bad things? That's an excellent question that we've done a few classes on it already. And we have a podcast on it. And uh, we will, God willing, address again. Because everyone always, no matter how many times you address it, it keeps coming up. That's an excellent question. But we're not going to deal with that today at all. Another question people wonder is, what about our own choices? Do we have choice? So another fundamental belief in Judaism, in addition to providence, is that we believe that humans do have choice. We do have free choice. And we get to choose what we want to do. Now, I'm not going to get into great detail in resolving the apparent contradiction between God's providence and our free choice. We did a class on that in the past, and we have it on the podcast. And I encourage you to um, go check it out if you're curious about it. But just to address it briefly for what's relevant for the rest of our class today, we believe that while God controls what happens to us, we still choose what we want to do. God gave, gave humans choice. We choose what we want to do, and God leads us in the direction that we want to go. So if we make bad choices... God allows us to choose bad. Most of the time, not always. Sometimes people make bad choices and God stops them. Right? Somebody tries to shoot and the gun jams. Sometimes people try to do bad things and God stops them. But often God, usually often God allows us to make bad choices, make good choices. Sometimes we do good things. We make good choices and God stops us too for some reason. We choose to do the right thing and we're driving to go help somebody and then our car breaks down. It happens sometimes. Why God does that, we don't always know. But definitely we believe that we, we humans do have choice. So God's in control of everything, but he allows us to make choices and allows us to follow the choices that generally follow the choices that we make. Any questions? Yes, Debbie. Let's to answer it very briefly, because we could spend a long time discussing this. Um, to answer it very briefly, God has the ability to create people with choices. God is all-powerful. As part of his ability to do anything, he can create people whom he controls but allows to make their own choice. So he controls what happens to us, but not the decisions that we make. He controls what happens to us, but we control what we do. We make the choices ourselves, and he lets us choose whatever we want. 
It's like imagine if you made a movie, if you could, where the characters choose themselves what they want to do in the movie. Now we can't do that. But imagine that you could do that. God does that. Any other questions? So we believe that God's in control of what happens to us. Judaism also believes in reward and punishment. In fact, the belief that God pays back good to those that do good and pays back bad to those that do bad is one of the pillars of Jewish belief. Maimonides lists that as one of the 13 principles of our faith. Principle number 11 is the belief that God rewards those that do good and punishes those that do bad. So we believe there are direct consequences. God is not only aware of what we do and in control, but there are direct consequences for our actions. And so, and everything that happens to us, there's a reason for. And we believe that when God punishes us, it is not just random punishments. You do something and God brings some random punishment. But we believe in a concept in Hebrew called midah keneged midah, measure for measure. In other words, God always fits the consequence directly to our actions. You do something, it creates a very, very direct consequence. And there are many classic examples of this um, in our history, in the Torah, examples of this. Perhaps the most notable was the Egyptians enslaved our ancestors, the children of Israel, the ancestors of the Jewish people, were enslaved by the Egyptians. The Midrash tells us that Pharaoh was afraid the Jews were, the Hebrews were growing too quickly and he wanted to limit their population. What later um, the Nazis would call the Jewish problem. Right, too many Jews in the world. So Pharaoh's solution to the Jewish problem was to kill all the babies that are born. He ordered that all the babies that are born should be killed. But had he killed them? So Pharaoh was afraid, this is what the Midrash tells us, Pharaoh was afraid that the, um, he will be punished for killing these babies. They don't want to get punished. He knew that God had promised Noah that he would never again flood the world. There had been a flood, and after the flood, God promised, I would never again flood the world. And so therefore, the Midrash says, that's why Pharaoh decided to told his people to drown the babies in the Nile, throw the babies into the Nile and drown them. Why? He kills the babies by drowning. God will not be able to get him back, because God had promised not to flood the world. Now, he miscalculated. Firstly, God's promise was only not to flood everything, but he could flood Egypt. Regardless, God didn't need to flood the world to drown the Egyptians. He just needed to bring them into the sea and have the sea come down on them. And they indeed did end up drowning as punishment for having drowned the babies direct punishment, they get exactly what they tried to do. In fact, Jethro, Yitro, Moses' father-in-law, comes to visit Moses at Mount Sinai, and he hears, Moses tells him the whole story of the Exodus, everything that happened, and he, um, he's so impressed, he says, Ki vadavar ash- now I know God is the greatest of gods. The Egyptians were punished with exactly what they did. They drowned babies and they got drowned. They got direct punishment for their actions. In this week's Parsha, we see the same thing. God, the people do not want to go into the promised land. God punishes them saying, You will not go into the promised land. You will die here in the desert exactly as you wished. Your children will go into the promised land instead. 
Another classic biblical example of this is the story of Purim. Haman built these massive gallows in order to hang Mordechai on. And then Haman himself ended up getting hung on those same gallows. And we see this throughout Scripture again and again and again, where people do various bad things, and they end up getting punished exactly what they did. Midah keneged midah, literally measure for measure. It works not only with bad, it works with good as well. The prophet Malachi tells us that if you tithe, if you give charity, God will open the windows of the heaven and give you material wealth. You give your money away to others, God will give you more money. Midah keneged midah. Measure for measure. Try it. That's what Malachi says. He says, try it. It works. Best investment. So we definitely believe that God repays us exactly as we deserve. For both good and for bad. You do good, you get back exactly what you deserve. You do bad, you get back exactly what you deserve. Now to be clear, our belief in reward and punishment is not a belief in a point system. This is a misconception that people often have. People often think that when we speak of reward and punishment that God keeps score. There's a big scorecard, scoreboard, and God counts how many good things you do and how many bad things you do and calculates it all and then sees what you deserve. So we don't believe it works like that at all. Rather, we believe that um, every good action has a direct positive consequence. Every bad action has a direct negative consequence. If you do lots of bad things and lots of good things, they don't cancel each other out. The bad things are going to have bad consequences and the good things are going to have good consequences. So the fact that you did lots of bad doesn't mean that you won't get rewarded for the good that you did because it's going to have a direct good consequence. And the fact that you did something, lots of good, is not necessarily going to diminish from the bad that you did. You're still going to get the bad consequence. And that's because we believe that God created our world in a way that everything that happens, that we do, has direct spiritual impact. We believe that while we are only consciously aware of our material world, our physical world around us, that we're able to sense in our senses, we believe that there are other spiritual realities, spiritual worlds, that we're not consciously aware of, but they exist. And there are many, many, many spiritual worlds, many, many different levels. Different types of reality. Each and each reality, they're unaware of other realities. Each reality aware of its own. We're the only physical, material reality. But there are other non-physical realities. We don't know what they're like. Because we've never seen them. We've never lived through them. But we believe there are other spiritual realities. We further believe that everything in each reality mirrors each other. So there is a world, non-material, a spiritual reality that looks exactly like our own, except it's not physical, it's spiritual. And there are many, many, many such spiritual realities. Everything that we do in this physical world has a direct impact on all of those spiritual realities. So we change something here, we take an action here, it changes everything in many, many, many different spiritual worlds that exist. Then, but what happens is, those spiritual worlds also impact us as well. So when those spiritual changes that happen in those other worlds then eventually come back to us, and we end up getting a direct 
impact, physical impact from those spiritual things that we've done. So we did, we took an action, a good action. It's going to create positive energy, the way the Talmud says it. An angel is created from every good action. What do we mean an angel? It's a spiritual positive energy that we create that exists in other realities. We don't see it in our world. That positive energy then directly impacts our world and directly impacts ourselves. In the same way we do something bad, we generate spiritual energy in other realities. We don't see it. We don't feel it, but there's this spiritual energy, negative spiritual energy we've generated, what the Midrash calls a bad angel. And those negative spiritual energies then in turn come back and they impact us as well. So it goes both ways, for good, for bad. We impact the spiritual reality that in turn impacts us. So the consequences is not God or some angel sitting there in judgment and making decisions as a judge perhaps would say, you did this, this is going to be your penalty. But rather, they, God created our world in a way that every action has a direct impact on spiritual realities, which in turn directly impacts ourselves. So every good action is going to have a direct good impact on ourselves. Every negative action is going to also have a direct impact on ourselves. Very similar to karma, isn't it? Yes, Carol. That's an excellent question. What did the Jews do wrong? The babies do wrong, right? What did the babies do wrong to get drowned? That's an excellent question. Hold it. I'm going to get to it very soon. Do you have the same question? Very good question. I'm going to get to that very soon as well. Very good question. If something happens to us, bad. Does, are we get being paid back? Okay. It's a good question. I'll get to that in just a moment. But let's first go back to what we were talking about a moment ago. Every action that we do directly impacts us. Good actions directly impact us. Bad actions directly impact us. And this is a fundamental Jewish belief. Because we believe everything physical has spiritual impact. Everything spiritual has physical impact. Most importantly, we believe that our actions matter. People wonder, I do something. Who cares? What's the big deal? If I do something to another person, does it really matter? Is it really going to affect them? If I transgress one of God's ritual commandments, don't directly impact any other people, does that really matter? Is it really going to make a difference? And we believe, yes, every single action makes a difference. The example the Rebbe once gave after the um, moon landing, the Rebbe once gave the example that imagine you have an astronaut who's sitting on the spacecraft ready to go out. He's been spent many years in training and um, now ready for takeoff. And they're sitting all buckled up, all ready. And the astronaut says, you know, I really want a cigarette. (laughs) And they say, mission control says, no, don't light up now. You'll blow the whole thing up. And the astronaut says, so what? It's my, my life, my decisions. We say, no, it might be a small cigarette, but that small cigarette could blow up everything. It's going to blow up your other astronauts that are sitting with you. It's going to blow up the entire rocket. Think of how many people have been working for so many years to build that thing. 
and how many billions of dollars our taxpayer dollars have gone into that thing. And you're going to just blow it up because you want to have a cigarette now? So our small actions that seem small have a very, very great impact. Imagine every day you are sitting on that spacecraft and that small, that cigarette could blow it all up. You, your actions have a huge impact. Now, we don't always see it as easily as the astronaut who decides to take a, who decides to have a light right then as he's about to take off. But we don't, won't always see it as easily. But we believe every action we do has a real difference to our lives. Really matters to us. Really matters to reality. So often we think, what's the big deal? Does it really matter what we're doing? And the answer is yes, it's a huge deal. Every single thing you do, it might seem very minute, very small. But you don't realize in this reality it's small. But in other realities it's very, very big. And that in turn is going to impact our own reality and going to make a huge, huge impact. That, may, that impacts our own reality. It makes a huge impact. Think of it. Another, uh, think, of, think of it when you watch a plane flying up in the sky. And it looks like the plane is just moving a little bit, right? It's barely, barely moving. And that thing is going at 800 miles an hour. But it looks like it's barely moving. And the shadow, you ever seen the shadow of the plane on the ground sometimes? The shadow moves very slowly. But that plane is moving hundreds of miles. You make a small impact over here. But it makes a massive impact on God, on the spiritual realities. So we don't realize the impact of these small things that we do. They can make a huge impact in the spiritual world. And the, the Mishnah tells us, never underestimate the, the value of your action. Don't try to figure out how important every action is. You don't even realize things that seem very unimportant can be a lot more important than you think. Because it's going to make a big impact on Spiritual reality, which in turn will make an impact on us. Yes, Ken? Um, I'll use two examples. One is somebody's walking along, minding their own business, and they get shot and die. Okay, what caused that bad action or reaction? What did they do to get that? And then a similar one, which is even more important, or monstrous, is the space. Excellent question, and you're asking the same question that Carol and Debbie asked, which we'll address right now. If our actions are a result of result in good and bad things happen to us, does that mean that everything that happens to us can be traced to our actions? A baby dies. A baby gets sick and dies in great suffering. Did they do something wrong? Is there something that did wrong? They did wrong? Clearly that's not true. Clearly, there are a lot of good people who do a lot of good and still suffer. And their suffering is undeserving. And then, the flip side, there are a lot of bad people who do a lot of bad things and at least we don't see them suffering. Some of them die peacefully in their bed after having killed who knows how many people. Some of these tyrants, dictators ended up dying peacefully in their bed. So the Hindus believe in a reincarnation concept. What they say is that people are getting rewarded and punishing, in, punished in later lives for what they had done in previous lives. So what they believe is that a baby dies because they're a reincarnation of an earlier very horrible person who deserved to go through this suffering and death. Or somebody who is bad in their lifetime now and doesn't and dies peacefully in their bed, they will end up being reincarnated as another person and then they will get paid back. 
Judaism does not accept that. We do not believe in that. We don't believe in reincarnation in that same sense. We believe in a similar concept called Gilgal. We did a class about it a few months ago. We, but we don't believe that people come back as is. And definitely we don't believe that people get rewarded or punished for actions in previous lives. You are not going to be rewarded for what somebody else did in a previous life. You will not be punished for what somebody else did in a previous life. We do believe that ultimately there are, in addition to the direct impact that happens here in this world, we do believe ultimately after we die, everyone goes on to what we call the next world, or Olam Haba, the world to come. And in the next world, the souls continue while the body dies. We believe a person is not their body, but their soul. And the soul continues. And in the next world, everyone will get a, everyone will get a reward for the good that they did and will be punished for the bad that they did. So if someone dies without having seen punishment in this world or suffering for what they had done, they don't worry. God will take care of them in the next world. Somebody lived a good life and didn't seem to get the reward they deserved. Don't worry. God will take care of them in the next world. Exactly how that reward and punishment works is beyond the scope of our class today. We did, I know we're touching on a lot of other subjects today, but we did a class on the Jewish belief in heaven and hell and exactly how that reward and punishment works. But rest assured that while we don't believe in the Hindu reincarnation concept that you're rewarded or punished in later lives for previous lives, we do believe in an afterlife. In other words, a soul experience after we die. And everyone who did good will get rewarded for the good that they did. And everyone who does bad will get punished for the bad that they did. Nobody, God will not, the Talmud says, God does not um, withhold the consequence for any creation. Everyone gets exactly what they deserve. No one's going to get away with it. Nobody's going to lose out on the reward. Everyone will get in the next world exactly what they deserve. Yet, we don't believe only in reward and punishment in the next world. We believe, as we said earlier, in direct consequence in our own lives. The good we do has direct good consequence on our lives. The bad we do has a direct bad consequence on our lives. And yet, that's not always visible. Why? The short answer is that in understanding what happens to us, in God who we believe controls everything that happens to us, and in His decision-making of how things should happen, ultimately there are many, many factors that contribute to what happens to us. Our own actions, the good we create, that then comes right back to us, is an important factor in what happens to us. Our actions, the bad we create, is an important factor in what happens to us. But that's a factor. That's not the sole factor in what happens to us. There are many other factors in what happens to us. Sometimes God sends things our way in order to challenge us. Sends us various challenges. Sometimes God sends things our way in order for us to grow. Sometimes God will send things our way that appear good, but really in hindsight they weren't that good. They helped us miss out on other opportunities that we would have had otherwise. So we don't see the bigger picture. Now ultimately we believe that we truly don't understand the factors in God's decisions. There are certain decisions that God made that we have no explanation for. Ultimately, we believe that God's decision-making is beyond human comprehension. 
So while our actions are an important factor in what happens to us, and we believe have a direct impact in what happens to us, if you do good, it will impact you in a good way. If you do bad, it will impact you in a bad way. At the same time, ultimately there are other factors that come into play in what actually happens to us, and we ultimately cannot understand all of those factors. And there are things that happen... Take the extreme example, a million children dying in the Holocaust, where there is no way that any human being can give a rational explanation as to why such a thing would happen. We don't have an explanation. We ultimately, the um, prophet Isaiah says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, My ways are not your ways. Ultimately, um, we say, if you try to understand God, you will never figure it out. So ultimately, we believe that human intelligence cannot understand God's decision-making. And, but at the same time, we do believe that our actions are a factor and an important one in what happens to us. And often, though not always, we can trace what happens to us back to our own actions. And we often do see how our actions impact what happens to us. And we see this is in life in general. There are a lot of things that they tell you to do in life are not guarantees, but they're helpful factors. Take, for example, we tell our children they should get a good education. We work very hard to get a good education. We tell them, you get a good education, you'll be successful in life. That's a truism. That's true. Now, does everyone, is everyone with a good education successful? Clearly not. There are a lot of people with good education that are not successful. Now, often for no fault of their own. Often not because of anything in particular that they did wrong. There are a lot of other factors that contribute to our success. Some things that we have control of, maybe our attitude, our work ethic, There might be other things that we can control that are factors in our success in addition to education. There are some things that are not in our control. Opportunities that come our way. Job offers. There are all sorts of things that are not in our control entirely that just happen to us that God controls. Now, does that mean because there are so many factors in our financial success that does that mean that good education doesn't help? Of course it helps. But it's only one factor of many. It's an important factor. It's one factor of many. In the same way, our good and bad actions are an important factor in what happens to us and have a direct impact on what happens to us. But they're not the only factor. There are many other factors that God takes into consideration which ultimately we don't even understand and human mo- the human mind cannot comprehend those factors. So if you ask, why did this happen to me? Sometimes you can clearly see why it happened to you. It's a direct result of your actions. You didn't work hard in school. You're not able to get a good job. That's, there's a clear cause and, cause and effect. Often that's something that you see the physical But sometimes we see a spiritual reaction. We acted a certain way, and then it comes back to us later. Sometimes we see it. Often we don't, because we don't ultimately understand all the factors that result in what happens to us. Yes, Debbie? No. No. I don't believe that there is anything we could have done wrong that would result in such a punishment. Um, again, I think the Holocaust, Holocaust is just a big example, but there are endless number of examples of unexplainable suffering. It happens all the time, every day, all around us. And um, we ultimately don't believe, we can, we can understand why God does things. We do believe our actions are an important factor in what happens to us. But ultimately, we don't understand. We cannot say this happened to us. It must be and try to understand why this happened. 
Yes, Marla. Yes, I think both points. Um, yes, we spoke a few weeks ago about the importance of um, responsibility over rights. Uh, but I would say over here, it's not only that our actions have an impact on everyone around us. We believe our actions have an impact on ourselves, a direct impact on ourselves as well, for good and for bad. Um, and to your second point, ultimately we don't understand why God does things. Um, we could maximize and make the most out of and use it as a tool for growth, even when we face a challenge, and maybe that's why God did it, but we don't ultimately understand. But when a person does good, we do see a direct positive reaction often, and the same... So you see it as a positive thing, yes, yes, and then you can make it positive, and you see the positive results of your good actions. So... In summary, what we see is that we do, do, does Judaism believe in karma? So we believe that God is aware of everything that we do and pays us back with what we deserve. We believe that every material action has a spiritual impact that in turn impacts ourselves and our own material experience. But we do believe, so in that way, we be, which is something, both those points are fairly similar to the belief in karma. However, we do believe that while our actions have a direct impact on what happens to us, our, what happens to us is not solely due to our actions. And in that we differ from the Hindu belief. In other words, there are many other factors, some of which we cannot comprehend. Um, we don't believe that we are being paid back for previous lifetimes, that we disagree with. Um, we do believe that Often our action, our, what happens to us can be explained by our actions, but our actions are only one factor in many as to what happens to us. Yet there's one very important difference between the Hindu belief in karma and the Jewish belief in reward and punishment, scharva onish. When those that believe in karma believe that once an action is done, it makes an impact and there is nothing you can do to stop that. That impact is there and it's going to happen and you're going to suffer for it or be rewarded for it. There's no way you can change it. In Judaism though, although we believe that God built our creation in a way that naturally every action has a reaction and every good thing that you do has an impact in spiritual realities that in turn impact ourselves, God created our world naturally, in other words, built into creation, that every negative action that we do has a negative impact in spiritual worlds that in turn will negatively impact ourselves. We also believe that ultimately God is in control of everything and manipulates it all. And God has the pause button or the stop button. And we can get God to hit the stop button if we, God forbid, do something negative, do something bad, and it creates, it will create a bad impact on our spir on spiritual realities. And a small bad thing in this world, as we said earlier, can create a huge impact in spiritual realities. Yet, God can hit the pause button so that it does not impact us 
negatively. And that is through a concept called teshuva. We can repent or change our ways. We, and we do that. We do teshuva. There are three basic steps to teshuva. We have to firstly acknowledge what we have done wrong. Be aware we have done something wrong. Secondly, we have to truly regret what we have done. We have to truly feel bad and regret and wish we would have never done it. And then thirdly, we have to commit and strong and we have to commit to never doing that thing again. But if we are aware of what we did wrong, truly regret it and truly commit to never doing it again, God will then forgive us and erase, we call that kapara, atonement or erasing, God will erase the negativity. So one important way we differ from the Hindu belief of karma is we believe even after a person does a negative action, there is a way to stop the impact, stop that negative impact on ourselves through the process of teshuva. We can regret and change our ways and in that way we erase the negative impact on our actions. So we do believe in a similar concept to karma in that we believe that there's a greater power that's in control of everything. God is aware of everything that happens and ultimately controls everything. We believe that every good action has a direct good consequence that impacts us. Every bad action has a direct negative consequence that impacts us. Um, what happens to us, one place we differ, what happens to us cannot always be attributed to our actions. There are other factors as well. However, we also believe another important difference is we believe that even when we do bad, we can stop that negative impact through the process of teshuva. We have special period of the year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, where we focus on teshuva um, in order to ensure that then our negative actions don't have a negative impact, but we can do it any day. We can do teshuva by regretting what we did and committing to never doing it again.